Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to the huddle. Mike Max, Pete and Nigerian talking all things sports. There's a lot of things to talk about in sports. Um, the it, Pete, I just want—I I don't want to leave that. that I want—I want to finish the football topic here for a second. The NFL, because sure. you know, the, the the Minnesota Vikings talk conceptually about running a a three-four more than a four-three, and 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 that. Mm-hmm obviously uh, leads to the personnel that you're going to go after and how you're going to go about uh, trying to figure out who's going to play where. Explain to the audience the difference between a 3-4 and a 4-3 and, and, and does it make any difference and, 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 and you know, what, why would you do, why would you go to a 3-4 a, a defense? How, how would that help you on defense that, that uh, obviously we've talked about before, you know, was, was an Achilles last year? Yeah, everybody, everybody's going to have their opinion on that, Maxie. Do you want to have four guys up front that are going to be attacking the play, attacking to get after the offense? Or, or are you rather have those guys have a little bit more athleticism on the field that actually can drop back in a, in a much easier way with the, with the 3-4? Uh, <clears throat> the so it's just – and every coach is going to have their own opinion, Maxie, but I think it all just comes down to talent level and what, what's hurting or what is best for you against each team because we all know <laughs> – there are teams out there that are going to come out with two tight ends and they're going to attack you that way, which I think is a really smart way to do it these days because of the fact that the defenders are getting a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller. And and sometimes when you look at some of these defenses, when you've got, for instance, you know, a 3-4, you've got a big guy up front. There's no doubt about that. But then you've got these linebackers that have got to run all over the place too and get back into into pass coverage and everything. So it's, it's a different, it, it really does change, I think, week to week. And I, I actually like the idea. And a lot of these coaches, quite honestly, they might say they're in a four, three, or they might say yeah. they're a three, four. Let's be honest. They're shifting players around. And even if they don't put their hand down <laughs> yeah. in the dirt, they, we yeah. all know exactly what's yeah. going on. And it's, and it's, it, I think each and every game is just a little bit different and, and sure. you've got to adjust for each game and how you want to attack the, the offense, depending on how, how they're coming at you. So it, it all moves around Maxi, but the, reality is if you've got the right players they can get their hand on the ground or they can stand up and they can get back Uh, you know we've we've got a lot of them with the vikings as a matter of fact for sure joining us now the john schuster caldwell banker hotline brian lawton and uh, nobody knows the nhl like him with this work with the nhl network of course former player general manager agent knows it all brian first of all thanks uh for joining us and and second of all uh i remember i got this 
tip about a month ago saying, hey, man, Bill Guerin's really looking at Marc-Andre Fleury if the goaltending doesn't get better. Uh, and we got a trade deadline coming up, and uh, th- those rumors continue to heat up. So first of all, good morning. Second of all, what do you think of Fleury as <laughs> <It's> the wild? <laughs> Well, Mark used to be in the firm I, I ran, so uh, I know a lot about Mark. He's a fantastic human. Obviously, things have not gone great for the Chicago Blackhawks this year. A um, little bit of a surprise as they kind of went all in last year, trading for Seth Jones, but uh, fired a general manager, had a lot of turmoil. Season hasn't turned around. It happens. Now they've got Mark andre Fleury, who they did acquire last year from the from the Vegas Golden Knights in the mix. And in my opinion, there's a number of teams that would love to have Marc-Andre Fleury. The Minnesota Wild would certainly should be one of them. The others, of course, would be Toronto. The Maple Leafs having all kinds of trouble. The Edmonton Oilers, same deal. And then the Vegas Golden Knights, the team Mark came from, currently without their starter, Robin Lehner, and in jeopardy of missing the playoffs. So, uh, there's going to be some competition if the Wild want to go that direction. I would go that direction if it were me, Mike, Cam Talbot, and Cuffinan have played well. But for me, you're talking about another level. You're talking about a guy that's capable of uh, grabbing your locker room, leading your team, and leading you literally all the way to the Stanley Cup final somewhere he's been four times already in his career. Well, Brian, Brian, thank you, and, and thanks for joining us, by the way, and we really do appreciate that. And speaking of goalies, how about, how about that? Did, have you ever seen anything like what we witnessed last night with Mankato State and that situation that went on? And it was, I think they said, about an hour before they actually made some of the decisions. Have you ever seen anything like that in your days of hockey? I have never seen anything like that, to be honest with you. <laughs> And that hopefully was, won't see it again. But you know, you get the re- the replay and all that stuff. But but the replay is supposed to get done real quick, and this got complicated, uh, I guess, Brian. It, it certainly did, and I have to have complete transparency with you guys. I have not seen it yet. I am in. I have not either. I've just heard deadline. about. It. Yes, I'm engulfed in the trade deadline. I am up to my ears and elbows, and you know what. <laughs> as we try to get a bead on all the things that will be happening before 3 o'clock tomorrow Eastern. And uh, we've got a little more action than I thought on our end. Uh, last night alone on the air, the Giroux trade came down, of course, the Wiles trade as well. And uh, then Hampus Lindholm and uh, his rumored new extension with the Boston Bruins. So we, we've had a busy time here, and it's only going to get busier but personally, I love this time of the year, and uh, I'm really fascinated to see what the Minnesota Wild end up doing. Uh, let's just say that everybody stays the same right now, or in general. Uh, who's the best in the West right now? Who who do you fear the most uh, in, in the West, if you're the Wild or anybody else? Uh, well, right now, the team to beat in the West is clearly Colorado. They've made their moves. Uh, I thought Joe Sackett did some really nice shopping, got a little bit ahead of it. Went out and got Josh Manson, who I think is exactly the type of player they need to maybe change their fortunes in the playoffs so that they can hopefully make it to the Stanley Cup final. They certainly have a roster that looks like it should get there, but fortunately for the Wild and everybody else, we still have to play the games and see how it works out. So, uh, But they're the team to beat. The Calgary Flames, for me, are second. Errol Sutter's been amazing. 
Um, but then after that, it's really wide open. And I would put the Minnesota Wild into that next group of teams in the West that have a strong possibility to make it to the Stanley Cup final. Hey, Brian, I'm curious because uh, I was I was reading something about you, and then all of a sudden I, something I didn't know, which was that you, you came up with a proposal. This is going back in time a little bit, but, but to to be a part of the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and to show them how that they, they can do things right. And they, they read it, and the next thing you know, you're, you were part of that. Tell us a little bit about that. What made you decide that you wanted to do that, and, and specifically with the Lightning? Uh, you know what? I always wanted to do that. It was very planned. I was running, uh, you know, I played for essentially 10 years, about 500 games in the league. Then I retired, uh, had some clients right away. I used to be a player rep, so people used to ask me questions, and a number of players when I was playing had asked me to represent them. I uh, couldn't do that back then, of course, as a player on the team. I, I used to explain to guys, I don't think I can go talk to the GM for you. I have my own issues I have to deal with daily. So that, that won't Especially happen. with Louie. I don't think I can go talk to the GM for you. I have my own issues I have to deal with daily. So that, that won't Especially happen. with Louie. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. But uh, the day I retired, I literally had about five different clients across the league. Uh, God bless them. My first NHL client was Tom Curvers, Mike, who I know you know well. And yeah. You know well of our, of our friendship. But, uh, yeah, so I went on to start an agency and uh, started a small agency, sold it to a global company, ran that for a number of years. And then one day I just, I just felt like it was time that agency was representing over 100 players in the league at the time, not just clients, but in the NHL. And uh, I, I told my wife I wanted to make a change. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to go run a team. Hmm. So I went and I met with the commissioner of the NHL, Gary Bettman at that time, still same today, of course. And uh, I said, Gary, I'd like, really like to do this. What do you think? And he said, well, you know, you're, you're representing players. That's always complicated. I said, okay, say no more. I left that meeting. I went home. I called my company and said, I'm going to be resigning in the next six months. So let's figure out how I transition out of this. And they said, well, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go run a team. They said, which one? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> and uh, that, <laughs> that's a true story. I ended up getting a job about eight months later. Uh, managing the lightning. And yes, I did have a lot of free time in between that period. And it allowed me to kind of get all my thoughts down on paper and out. And I was able to utilize that presentation to the lightning and getting hired by them. Um, one thing I've always felt comfortable with is macro plans. And I think that really helped me. Our, our macro plan was pretty clear in Tampa. It didn't work out great for me personally. But when you look at the players we drafted, Stamkos, Hedman, uh, the roster that we cleaned up, uh, that team was dead last when I was hired. And uh, I got let go after two years, and I didn't really get let go. I just did not get my contract extended. And that following third year, they ended up finishing eighth overall in the National Hockey League, and everybody knows what the Lightning have done over the last 10 years. It's been incredible. Uh, Steve Eisenman took over, did an amazing job. Uh, and really built off of things that we started. But Stamkos and Hedman are still meaningful players for them, and they are this two-time Stanley Cup champion. 
Yeah, boy, I guess. Brian Lawton, our guest, and John Schuster, Caldwell Banker Hotline. What's it like right now? Put your GM hat on, Brian. If you're Bill Guerin, uh, you're fielding a number of offers. Have you pretty much honed in on, we've got, you know, in this case, uh, it's, we've got maybe Fleury is the only thing we go after. And, and, and how, how do you, you know, what do you ascertain here when you decide to make a deal in the last uh, last minutes? Well, first off, Billy's doing an amazing job, and he's done an amazing job since he's taken over the club, to be honest with you. I really like um, the attitude and, and the aggressive approach that he's taken. He made massive moves, as everybody knows, in Minnesota by letting you know Parisi and Suter go, buying those guys out. Uh, that was huge. That's not easy to do for a general manager. The team has done nothing but play better and better and better since then notwithstanding a bump in the road that they had recently here, um, they are a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Where do they go from here in terms of what moves? Well, the goaltender is one that I feel strongly about, but that doesn't mean Billy Garrett does. I just think that uh, the enticement of a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, if there were any possibility to get him, you would want to do that. Nobody knows for certain. I haven't asked Mark if he would want to go to the Minnesota Wild. Um why wouldn't he want to? Well, he's a veteran player, and Chicago has been very clear that they're not going to trade him anywhere. He doesn't want to go. He wouldn't have to play anyhow. He could always just retire. So that's just one technicality. I do think he would go there, though. I think Billy would have to sell him on it. Um, that's just the way the National Hockey League is. That would be priority number one. Number two, I wouldn't do much with the forward group, believe it or not. The Minnesota Wild, very quietly, has six guys that will – for sure, score 20 goals this year. That's really strong throughout the NHL. That ranks up there with the top of the top. Really, they have seven when I consider how well Matthew Boldy has played. And even though he only has 12 goals, he's missed 30-plus uh, Yeah, you prorate that, right? Season. Exactly. So they've got seven, you know, really uh, – capable forwards on their team. That's strong throughout the league. I like their forward group. It would be nice to add maybe one more center. Freddie Goudreau's played really well for them, but uh, maybe one more guy that could fit that role is something that would certainly help them. That's a pretty big ask in this UFA market, but I would imagine they're looking seriously at that, maybe one more forward. But for me, I've always had one really strong prevailing thought about the wild and their D has carried them for essentially the last seven or eight years. Uh, at one point I was talking to Craig Leopold and he said, well, what, what do you think about our team? Probably what we should do? I said, improve your D. He said, improve our D. Our D is terrific. I said, it is, but whenever you can make it better, you can never have a good enough D. Uh, one more player back there, I think would really help them just to strengthen their third pair. I like their top four. Uh, a guy that comes to mind for me would be, and you have to think outside of the box at this time of year because prices have been crazy, but there's a guy in Buffalo, Colin Miller, that's got 30 playoff games already in his career. He's been injured for the last month and a half, just played his first game. I'm sure Buffalo's trying to trade him. I think they'll have a hard time doing it. I think he would be dynamite for the Minnesota Wild in that third pair. He's not very expensive probably wouldn't have to give up much for him uh, in the end. It's a deal you'd sit on for the last, you know, half hour tomorrow before the deadline, and you might just come up with a really valuable player. Um, but other than that, I, I love the Wild. You know, Kaprizov has been a game changer. Zuccarello has been awesome. 
Joel Erickson X exploded. Uh, there's just a lot of things to like about their team. Well, you have been too. Appreciate your insights and taking us places that we can't go without you. So thank you for all you're doing. I know you got a lot to do here. The next, we'll be watching the NHL Network break it down. But Brian, always appreciate your offerings and and the breaking it down into uh, layman's terms we can all understand. So thank you so much for giving us some time this morning. Thanks, Brian. Always my pleasure to come on with you guys. Thank you very much. You bet. Brian Lawton, nice enough to break it down for us. More when we come back on the huddle. Welcome back to the huddle. Trade deadline on for uh, the Minnesota Wild, and I mean, Pete, this is like you know. I mean, they, they, they've they, they've looked, they've done so many things well. They've made a couple of deals yeah. this week, and they're still not quite sure if they're they, where they want to be. Um, mm-hmm. And Bill Guerin sits there, and he has not been a man that's uh, afraid to make a move for sure. Um, but there's a lot. Obviously, we don't know what the price poker is and how much they'd have to give up for Mark Andre Fleury, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what would be your uh, as someone that studies uh, finances for a living in sports, what w- what would be your deciding factors as to whether or not you make a deal like that? What w- what would you be looking at strongly before you decide to pull the trigger or not, based on your background? Yeah, I think that there's got to be they've they've got to somebody find somebody who really does fit with the wild, right? And I think if they're talking about goalies, if they wanted to make that kind of a move, and that's a big move, but if they chose to do that, they're going to be giving up a fair amount, Maxi. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and it's and it's going to be something that that could be uh, what really could push the wild to the next level as well. So it's there are some risks to everything. It's just like trading, like you said. I mean, there there are risks each every day it's and, kind of the same way you break it down right right you have to define okay what is the risk what is the reward is it worth that risk is this a high risk trade and i think it it probably would be a high risk trade only because you are going to have to give up something something pretty significant uh to make that kind of a trade and i, I wouldn't as you just said i don't know that bill Guerin's going to uh make that move or not but it's it's not something that you would ever pass by him because i think that he'd he would definitely, if if he thinks that's worth the, the the move, and that is the move that they need to make to be able to get to that level, uh, I would not be surprised if he actually pulled the trigger. And, and we'll all find out pretty soon. But it sounded to me like uh, listening to Brian and how he was kind of explaining a lot of that, Maxie, that seemed to be what he was talking about. He was talking about defense. He was talking about improving that. He was talking about the goalies and, and what that might might be. And it sounds to me like he's kind of leaning in that direction as well. Analytically speaking, when you took, talk about the profile of a good GM, now some GMs depend on, you know, yeah. if you're in the right, um, uh, if you're in Major League Baseball and you're running the, the Red Sox or the, the Cubs or the Yankees, I mean, it's kind of a checkbook situation you, know, you you figure out how much you can spend and yeah personnel matters but but what would you what would you consider to be the profile of a good general manager is, is it someone that played the game for x amount of time is it someone that's an analytical thinker certainly we now bring in analytics into it uh, but what would be your profile of people that that if you were going to hire a gm for any sport what, what what are you looking for I sure would be looking for somebody who has experience playing in the sport as well. I, I, I think there is something yeah. that, that, that folks that didn't play, at, at a, and I'm talking about at a fairly high level, uh, whether it's the NFL right. or Major League Baseball, NHL, doesn't really matter. But you, I think by playing at that higher level, you understand the locker room when no one else is there other than the players. You understand a lot more about the cohesiveness that you need to have as a team to come together. And 
do you want somebody who's going to be a great player for you, but they might be a little difficult in the locker room? And those are all the questions that I think these GMs have to deal with on top of, obviously, trying to figure out what they need to do and what they need to pay and all the rest of it. Uh, We can go into this one in more depth, but what really shocked me this week, more than almost anything, including March Madness, was Deshaun Watson. Uh, I was was going to get to you because I didn't see that coming either. Oh, my goodness. But, but, you know, there is so much to that to unfold and and, and peel out and everything. But there there is a lot there, Maxie, and that's that's a great example of – I just wonder, does the GM really understand um, in depth exactly what's going on? I know Kevin Stefanski's got to be excited, but uh, is is this really the right way to go? And that that's that's a question that I think a lot of people are probably asking right now. Did did you think Baker Mayfield had reached his peak and it was just okay and not good enough? It seemed like that. He, he takes a lot of chances. He's a great guy. He's got great confidence. I really actually liked him as a player, but. You know, he's had the time, Maxie, and he's had the players around yeah. him. they got a great offensive line, great running back, great receivers. They, you know, they've got all the tools, uh, and they haven't gotten to where they need to get. And I think that that's, that's what sort of helped trigger this, along with Bakers. They, you know, they've got all the tools, uh, and they haven't gotten to where they need to get. And I think that that's, that's what sort of helped trigger this, along with Baker basically going out in the media and saying, trade me. <laughs> yeah. You never want your quarterback to do that, but that, 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 was, that was what Baker was doing. Yeah, and he could feel it. And you watch him for the, against the Vikings. It was like, um, I don't know, you just expected more. It wasn't that he was bad. Yeah. It's that he wasn't as good as you thought he might be, you know. And, right. and yeah. uh, obviously, I, I mean, a GM and a coach have to have a pretty good relationship, too, because that coach has to be able to handle that player. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. And, and, and that's not always easy. And there's a lot of personalities out there and a lot of egos. And, 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 and you have to be able to find somebody who's coachable as well. And so far, that was a huge stretch on draft day when that occurred, uh, you know, several years ago with Baker Mayfield. Surprised everybody. But uh, it just hasn't happened. It has not happened for the Browns. And you look at some of the other teams where it has happened very rapidly you can understand why they maybe wanted to all make a change as well. Not just Baker, but the Cleveland Browns. For sure. More on the huddle. Call us, text us anytime. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. A lot going on in sports. Send us your text or call us and talk to us live. 651-461-9226. You're listening to the huddle. Oh, yeah, so much to talk about, so little time. Pete, The um, uh, we, we were talking about the Packers there, but Devondre Campbell, somebody that you've been bullish on for a long time, University of Minnesota linebacker mm. that uh, Jerry Kill and Tracy Clays pulled at Hutchinson Community College, and he was good for the Gophers. He's become great in the NFL. Uh, got a $50 million contract uh, from Ooh. Green Bay, five-year, $50 million contract. Middle linebacker to middle linebacker, former Gopher to former Gopher. What has he done? Uh, how how can, has he done this? Can you imagine uh, standing on the sideline of the Gophers and 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 now he's making fifty million dollars over five years, Maxie? <laughs> just, I mean, it's it's just mind boggling. He's a, his athleticism is unbelievable. It's off the charts. And I'll never forget the first time I was ever down on the field. I believe it was at uh, Nebraska or somewhere, but 
on the field, and I look over and I said, you know what? That guy right there looks like a, a guy who's going to be in the NFL or should be in the NFL even right now because I just looked at him physically, Maxie. And then on the field, he, he proved it also. So it wasn't just looks. He, had the, he has the looks. That's a check. But he's out on the field, and he is a player. And he had a great run down in Atlanta for a period of time. He's been up at Green Bay. He was all pro this past year. And he absolutely deserved to get the, the kind of contract that he got because that is what the NFL is right now. And these numbers are just staggering. It, it really is. Von Miller getting a six-year deal for $120 million. He's, what was, was that just, about? <laughs> he's just a rental guy now, right? He goes off. And he, they thought, he and Denver, Denver thought that they were going to bring him back, and they couldn't even get close. They couldn't get close. And that's, you know, that is part of the beauty, though, of the NFL and the salary cap, and it does have restrictions. It gives everybody an opportunity. And and if you make the right decisions, you have that opportunity to turn your team around in a real hurry. And I think that's that's really, I think, part of the magic of the NFL. And obviously that cap is attached to television and all the rest of it and all that money that, that comes through there. It just shows you the power of the NFL. And it's, you know, you and I have talked about this a million times over, Maxie. It's 365 days a year. There's some kind of news in the NFL. I look at a guy like Chandler Jones, who's been all over the place. He was at the Patriots. He goes to Arizona. Now he's with the Raiders. By the way, the the Raiders have made a lot of interesting moves, I think, in this in this offseason. We talked about from the receiver standpoint. So you, you add there, and Derek Carr's got to be smiling. Now you get the defensive side of it. You've already got an unbelievable defensive end that came out of Eastern Michigan that nobody ever heard of, and you just paid him a lot of money. But so the the Raiders have the the pocketbook out, and they and they're spending it pretty quick, Maxie. It's 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 incredible. But that is part of this whole free agency, and I think it really does give certain teams a little bit of a leg up that have been kind of waiting and waiting for the opportunity and waiting for the moment, and they're grabbing player Jacksonville. When I look at Jacksonville. They need almost everything. <laughs> they really, they really do. Yep. And they, and they they've gone out and they've done it. They grabbed themselves an offensive lineman. They grabbed a tight end. They grabbed a great receiver in Christian Kirk. And then they grabbed a linebacker and a corner and a D tackle. And we haven't even gotten to the draft yet. So they and, and and they will have a very high first pick in the draft. So it's uh, it, it it's going to be interesting to see which teams actually can put this all together and make a huge difference in from 2021 to 2022. You know, there's some eye-popping numbers as well for broadcasters moving around right now. Uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck leaving Fox to go to ESPN. Al Michaels are talking about Amazon with Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, the one thing that is um, never ceases to amaze me, Pete, is, is in this day and age where um, you know, I work for, for CBS and TV and, and, and it's a very, very healthy, um, uh, economy there, but, but everybody's looking for something to make a splash and it's become so fragmented. The one thing that sustains itself is live sports programming and they, yeah. people will do anything to get a piece of live sports programming because you can also promote, you know, your primetime shows and everything else that goes with it. And now streaming services are getting involved as well. And that's the next step. And, and, and as long as you can provide them with, with live programming, any of these leagues, uh, you're really in the driver's seat. But, but along those lines, what do you think, you know, as you quantify, if you're the NFL or any of these teams mm-hmm. and, and you start to look at these broadcasters, 
pastors. These are big time names. They're going to get paid big time money. What? How important are they? Because they're making a lot more than the players. How important are they in in selling the product? How important is it that you have uh, Buck and Aikman doing Monday Night Football uh, from the NFL standpoint? Because you know the truth is they they were kind of flailing there and having a tough time finding a good combo. Where where does that fit in this scheme? Yeah, and I think you just took the words right out of my mouth. When you look at ESPN, that was not working, what they were doing. No, They were great people. I know them very well, but it just was not working. It didn't feel right. And I think the addition, and let's be honest, when you're watching a game, you want to hear what these guys have to say, right? Whether it's Troy Aikman and Buck or whoever it might be as the pair that are up there. And those guys are great. And you you need those guys to to be able to – to, to have the conversations when things are a little bit slow and all the back, you know, stories that maybe none of us have ever heard ever, ever before. Those are important. That keeps you around. That keeps you around. And, and, and you, when the commercials come and go, it, it gives you that opportunity to, to run and grab something out of the refrigerator or whatever you're doing. But you want to come back because you want to hear what they have to say and you want to see that next play and see if, Troy's going to be right on on what he's saying they're going to most likely do and all the rest of that. I think it is it is huge, Maxie. It, it is so important. And if you have the right group, people will tune in and they will watch. And I think ESPN had to make this move because that just wasn't working in the booth. No. And I think that, you know, they had too many voices. They had too many people. Yep. And it that that was part of the problem as well. And they just kind of, you know, they were it just didn't wasn't very cohesive. And that's what they need no. to have. And. And that's why the money is there. And by, by the way, Fox, if you and I, you know, I go back. I'm an older guy. <laughs> I go back before Fox Did had you? the NFL. And boy, yeah. when they got the NFL, was that something special? And that that yep. kicked along all the other programming for Fox. Yeah, so and everybody said they were crazy at the time for paying that much, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they were absolutely nuts to do what they were doing. <laughs> it changed a lot because Maxie, I was part of that, and I was the early part where we weren't. You know, the salaries were nothing, and literally overnight, I think it was about 1993 or something. Overnight, when Fox jumped in there and paid the kind of money that they paid, now the players all of a sudden went from your highest paid guy on the team getting a million and a half or two million dollars a year. Suddenly, guys are getting six or eight or ten million dollars. I mean, it <laughs> it happened that fast, and it was all because Fox made that decision to go into the NFL. Yeah, but and, and to, to add to that, CBS was out at the time. All because Fox made that decision to go into the NFL. Yeah, but and, and to, to add to that, CBS was out at the time, right? Because they, yeah. because we used to, I, w- I was at Channel Four, and we had the Vikings, and CBS was the NFC, and all that stuff. So, so they eliminated CBS for a while, and, and what happened? CBS found they had to get back in the game because it wasn't working without having the NFL. And so then they're going to now jump in and, and pretty soon the NFL is going, yeah, we can, we can get everybody a little package here. And now Amazon's in, but I mean, everybody finds out the same thing. They have to have live sports programming to make their network go. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's certain sports that obviously have an unbelievable attention to grab those eyeballs. And the NFL is the standout there. It's just, it's incredible, Maxie, and I think it is partially because it's only one day, you know, during the week that you get these games. Yes, and now you, it's, you, it's you special. Get a Thursday yep. night, and I get it, and yep. then you get Sunday. But, but it's kind of sacred. Everybody can find yep. three hours for their favorite team, you know? Absolutely, and 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 on a Sunday when you get a triple, you know, you get your 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 morning and your evening, and then the night game and all the rest of it. It's it's incredible what they're the, what they've created, and they just. 
it's bigger every single year. It's amazing. And you and I were talking about it last week, but you know, that's where the salary cap goes. Uh, the salary cap has gone yeah, up all yeah, but built in. one day. <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. only because of COVID that the salary cap actually lagged for one, one segment. But other than that, it's been off to the races over $200 million. I remember when it was $130 million thinking, boy, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, can't go any higher than this. <laughs> I, I've said like it, you know, oh, yeah, said it, it's topped out now. You know, I mean, there's no way. And guess what? Well, <laughs> yeah. let's take a break, come back. Uh, text us, call us, 651-461-9226. You're listening to The Huddle. Welcome back to the huddle. Pete, I forgot to ask you. You said you got Deshaun Watson interesting stat. Okay, here's what here's what I got for you, Maxie. And and this is very pertinent, especially to Minnesotans, because uh, this trade, it reminds me a lot of what we had already seen from Russell Wilson, right? Where they they basically have said, We are all in on this trade. And just Deshaun Watson, people probably already are, know all the details behind it. He still faces a civil lawsuit. Uh, yep. criminal lawsuit, I believe, has been taken away, but the, the civil lawsuit's still there, 22 women and all the rest of it, and that was holding back a lot of folks. But everybody was, yep. you know, there was a lot of teams very interested in Deshaun, great, talented guy, you know, but they gave him a contract. <laughs> Maxie, $230 million over five mm. years, guaranteed. Mm. And on top of that, how about giving uh, Houston a first-round pick in the 2022 this year, next year, and the year after that? <laughs> I, but, but tell I feel tell like, me, Pete, <laughs> does this have any effect on, on our moral compass in this country? I, I, I mean, w- what you're seeing here is, and obviously mm-hmm. he deserves his day in court. I get all that. A lot of things yep. have been said. A lot of you know, a lot of women have come forward, et cetera. And, and mm-hmm. what's the price for that? A $230 million contract. Do you think yeah. that has any ripple effect? Um, I, I think so, Maxie. I think there will be some. Uh, and time heals all, right? It's it's one of yeah, those kind of things. time heals a lot and of things, he, yep. And if he can prove himself to be uh, different than what this uh, this part of his life has been, um, then, you know, that, that will play out. But here's the most interesting part, however. So in his best year, and he's been around in the NFL for a few years now, he's been a couple all-pro, you know, several times. That's been great. In 2020, the last time he played, he had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions, and he just got this monster contract. If you look at Kirk Cousins' numbers this past year, he had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Do you find that a little <laughs> there's interesting? There's a stat. <laughs> so there's the stat. And, and, and you know, the, the folks that are very critical of, of Kirk, if yep. you look at the records of both these two quarterbacks as well, when you look at their win-loss records, they're almost identical. It's so... You know, it's interesting because no one ever says a bad word about Deshaun. I haven't heard about it, you know, for his on-field production. On-field, and and yeah. Kirk gets criticized all the, all time, the time, right? I mean, every, yep. everybody says, well, he's not a, a winner. And all the that's the word that's always used. But for some reason, that's not the same verbiage that we use when we're looking at what Deshaun Watson has done. I just No, because I just find they that craved him. Thing, they, they lusted for yep. him. They, they do anything to get him, you know? Yeah, isn't that it, it? It's just incredible, though, and it's it's one of the reasons why I always go back to what you and I've talked about uh, many times now on the huddle. But if you look at what happened this past year, Kirk got us into position to win. We didn't win because yep. the defense would bend and break, and and you know that that is the truth of this past year. Now in other years, yep. not so so much the truth, but in this year, 
I will say this. Cleveland's got a great running game. They've got Nick Chubb. They, they picked up Amari Cooper, which is huge, and a great offensive line. So if, if they can't make that work now with what they've got, uh, they're going to have to retool, and they won't be able to, Maxie, because they've lost all those first-round picks that they gave yeah. away. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, uh, it'll be very interesting what Houston is able to do with all of what they got out of this trade as well. Mm-hmm. That quarterback position is something. Pete, we, we, people always tell me they enjoy uh, when we can get to this a little bit. Uh, give me the uh-huh. Ukraine situation, how it's affecting uh, uh, the markets right now. Yeah, the, the the markets, you know, it's interesting because this week the markets were absolutely ripping to the upside. It was it was it was impressive to watch how resilient the markets really were with all of the terrible things that are going and we all know how awful it is, but with all of what's going on over there with Ukraine, Russia and and the, you know, back and forth and it's the Russians doing all sorts of terrible things. But the markets ignored that maxi this week and had a huge run to the upside and it just seemed like Okay, we've why had a few is that? Weeks. Do we just get comfortable with with unrest or what? Uh, I think so. I think that's part of it. I also think that you know we did see a big pullback in in energy. Uh, and, you know, when you look at the price of oil, we were all the way up to one hundred and twenty nine dollars a barrel. We fell all the way back down to about ninety four dollars a barrel. Now we've we've re- we've bounced off of that. We're back up around one hundred and five dollars a barrel. But it's it's all important. It's all part of it because we talk about inflation all the time. And that was part of it, too, as far as the markets. It wasn't just Russia, Ukraine. It was the markets and inflation and all the concerns and, and, and what people are looking at and what they're paying at the grocery stores. And the supply chains are loosening, but they're not all the way back. So there's there's a lot to, to really um, unravel as you start to look at what, what some of the, the psyche is of the investors in, in the markets. But they certainly got very aggressive again. And a lot of the riskier trades, we look at the, over at the NASDAQ, the riskier trades, people were getting back into that technology and the semiconductors. And it, it really was a, a run now for a lot of these stocks that have been so beaten up, they might be down 50 or 60 or 70 percent from their highs. And people are feeling a little bit more comfortable. And then, uh, whether or not they should be, Max, he's a little bit of a different story. But mm. at some point, people do like to dip their toe in there. But there's a lot of companies out there that probably deserve to get hit down because they they were inflated as we had to go through the pandemic. And they still don't make money. And you're still wondering about those kinds of companies. I, the one thing that stuck out for me this past week, for sure, was uranium. And, and it's an odd thing for me to bring up, but... As you look at the price of crude and you look at all of this and we see uranium and and nuclear power is a much bigger piece to the energy world than people really understand. And, you know, it's we have two big power plants in Minnesota. They're they're all over the country. There's about 400 of them around the world. And nuclear power is still the cleanest. Now, there have been issues. We all know that. But it's still the cleanest form of energy out there. So maybe there's something to this price of crude oil moving to the upside that's actually kind of pulling along other parts of the energy world, like what we're seeing in uranium right now. Where does the where does the oil thing top out? When do we get back to you know prices coming down again? <laughs> oh, we we probably got a little bit of time still on that. I think yeah. I think that there's a there's a lot of different reasons for it, Maxi. Part of it was Ukraine Russia. That's really probably what moved us from a hundred to one twenty nine, and in the hurry that it did. But we were watching for a better part of a year and a half. The price of crude has been rising, so mm. it makes some yep. sense. And I think that uh, – I don't know if it's done yet. 
All right, Pete, always good to be with you. The Twins are up next. Carlos Correa, we don't know if he'll be in uniform or not, but we know he'll be a Minnesota Twin. I'm going to be down there all week filing reports. Enjoy Twins baseball next. You've been listening to The Huddle on WCCL. The following is a presentation. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.